Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Today I want to share about God's creative power and that God wants you well. So you know that, that God wants you well. He doesn't want you sick. He doesn't want you to have troubles. So sickness and disease is not from God. God loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him, what's happening? We have in what? Everlasting life. Wow. So that is very, very important. He gave us a gift. Yeah, you can take your coat if you have. Thank you. So I like to share this a little bit also about. Uh, so why aren't we seeing more extraordinary manifestations of healings? Aren't people still suffering from sickness? Doesn't Jesus love people today as much as he did when he walked the earth? Don't believers still need to see demonstration of his power? Do we think we need to see demonstration of his power? Yes. Yes? yes. Do we need to see more healings? Yes. Okay. Do you want to be healed? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. You're sick? You have, you have flu? Okay. Running nose. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone right now, Lord. Touch and heal her. Take away the, the cold, the, the nose, the running nose, in Jesus' name. How about to keep her nose, but take the, the flu away, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how long do we live with trouble before we go in madness? Asking God for healing of any sort physical, emotional, or spiritual. Jesus walked over to a man who couldn't walk and healed him on one of the porches of the pool of Bethesda. There was a crowd of people at the pool of Bethesda, but this lame man was the only person healed by Jesus that day, according to the Gospel of John. There were a lot of people Lanes waiting there in the pool to be, to be healed when the water gets, a danger comes down, they were expecting the angel to come down and trouble the water, check the water. So the first one was jumping in, he was getting healed. But all the rest have to wait till the next time the water gets, angel comes down again and shakes the water and somebody, one person gets healed. Also this is significant because from the Bible we know Jesus healed only one person. So, let's find out why. <clears throat> now, why Jesus went that to that pool? Actually, according to history, Jesus was visiting his grandmother, who stayed very near in Jerusalem, and then he went also to see the people that were sick and suffering. The Lord, the Lord and the Holy Spirit guide him to go to the pool. 
So perhaps many of us who need healing sit at the side of the pool, but don't jump in. That is, pay attention to these words. Don't jump in. We remain high and dry to the side of the healing waters of the spiritual journey. We come up with reasons for not seeking healing with a whole heart. The healed layman in this history told his arsenal of excuses. What's been arsenal of excuses? A bunch of excuses, many excuses why he was sick and he was still there. The miracle of this story is that even though the layman thought and behaved in a typical self-defeating way, Jesus noticed him and healed him. What was the purpose of the pool of Bethesda? The pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem where, where sick people gathered with hopes of being cured of the illness. The Aramaic word of Bethesda means house of mercy or house of grace. What means house of? Mercy or house mercy. of grace. Mercy, grace. Uh, for you guys, you guys have not good voices. What is it? House of? Okay. House of grace. So let's together get house of mercy house and house of grace. So what our churches are? House of mercy and grace. We are a house of grace. Come on. Don't see today few people here. You guys are the courageous one. You are the strong one. You are usually with this kind of weather. People are ah, stay home, add in my blankets. But you are here willing. You are the fanatics. You are the go-getters. Amen. Hallelujah. So the story is in John 5, 1 to 4. The healing at the pool of the, was on Sabbath, actually. Uh, John 5, 1 to, to 4. The basic story is there, but then we can read it further down, 6 and 7 and up to 9. So, John 5, 1. Later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for another Jewish festival. In the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool with five porches. It is the name in Hebrew was Bathsheba. John 5, 3 says, Many sick, blind, lame, and crippled people were lying close to the pool. Beside the pool was a man who had been sick for 38 years. 38 years, Lord. Yeah. That was Does anybody has a, a sickness that is for a long time? No. No. Oh, thank you, Lord. We are in an amazing active church that we pray for the sick and we see them healed. That's yes, important. Amen. When we pray for the sick, for the sick we see them healed. Amen. So, when Jesus saw the man and realized that he has been disabled for a long time, he asked him, do you want to be healed? Strange question. The guy is sick there, and he asked, do you want to be healed? The man answered, Lord, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool when the water is still up. I try to get in, but someone else gets before me. I tried to go to the pastor, but there was a big line there. I wanted to 
prayers, so I couldn't wait so long to ask for prayer. As you can apply to yourself, think about why you are sick for a long time. Why we have sick people for a long time. So he has an excuse. Oh, I cannot jump. I'm sure when the water gets stirred up, I'm not, I'm not going to be there to jump first. You, can, you could have gone to the end of the pool. Be ready and yes. jump in. Get wet anyway. So, but he recognized and called Jesus Lord. He recognized Jesus that he was the Lord of the Lord. He was the Savior. He was Christ. So, he has called him Lord. That was an honor and his recognition of the Jesus power. I tried to get in and someone else always gets there first. Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. So what he said, pick up your mat, because they have a mat that lie down there for days and days and days. They sleep there, they wake up there. Sometimes they go back home, they bring them back in, and they bring some food there, their family, and they're waiting to get healed. Sometimes they get donations, they're begging or getting some money. So he said, pick up your mat, pick up your bed, pick up your chair, pick up your anything, and walk. Move. When you pray for a person who has back pains, what do we tell them? Do what you couldn't do before. Move. Move. Try to see what you need. If you see any reaction, the Holy Spirit is always there. But God already has healed you 2,000 years ago. It's not now, but we need to receive it. We need to have hands lay on us. We need to have words. We need to do confessions and yes. play here. You know, see, like. Yes. Sorry, I have something in a, a little sample. How can we do some confessions or something like this? So, Jesus, example, you need to pray. Jesus bore my sin in his body on the tree. Therefore, I am dead to sin and alive unto God, and by his stripes I am healed, I made what, half, made, whole, say again, loud, whole, wow, he didn't make you half, make you whole, so if this word say he makes what his stripes, you are healed, and he make you whole, this is one confession you can do, like, you not seen, you have not seen now, sickness, comes because of sin. Come to the world because of sin. Now, if God forgives your sin and took away the curses in his body, you can be healed. You have the right to be healed. You can take tell the devil, devil, get out. Body, focus on my healing. I am healed because Jesus paid the full price. He nailed these curses on the cross, on the wood. The cursor is the man that hangs it, hang it on a tree. And who was this in heaven on a tree? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. For us. For you too. Mm, me too. Amen. For many people. Hallelujah. Yes. South Africans. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Right then, the man was healed. He picked up his mat and started walking around the day on which this happened was the Sabbath. So the next verse I'd like to share is James 4, 7. It submit therefore, submit yourself therefore to, to, to God. Resist the devil, and what he will do to you? He will battle you more. Flee. Again? Flee. Flee. Yay. From where? From you. From you. So each one has a fight to fight. Sometimes if we, it was uh, James 4, 7. If you don't fight and receive this acceptance of his spirit yeah. and resist the devil, he will not flee. Yeah. But you can't say, oh, sorry, devil, can you flee now? No. <laughs> devil, go now. Yes. You have authority. You have the authority. The authority of the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice and the power that Jesus gave you that we're able to fight, we're able to kick the devil in his butt and to get him go. But one thing now I have to remember, sometimes he likes to play games. He knows that if, if he resists you half an hour, you may stop fighting. So, and after we have done all, let's sit in a chair. What is it? Do what? Stand. Stand. Stand where? Stand. Stand your ground. Where? Your ground. Stand your ground. Stand the yeah. ground. Stand where you are. Yes. In the word of God. We stand on the rock. The word of God. Because we don't listen to him. If you go one hour, he says, I'm going to go one hour, five minutes. Did he get you tired? No. We will never give up. Never, 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 never. We need to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Humble yourself, in First Peter 1 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Sometimes it takes due time. Some time. So it's not right away, but he will exalt you. You know? Casting all your cares upon him, for he... Say it again. He cares for you. That's mean me and you? Yes. And anybody else here? All of us. Absolutely. Happy to have you today. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. And First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil us as what he does, walketh about seeking to who he may devour. Did he say lion? Yes. No. He said, as a lion, not a lion. He pretends to be a lion. He's a mouse. He's a mouse that roars. He pretends to roar. So if he can scare you, that's start running. That's the problem. We'll fight till the end. No, we'll fight. We'll fight till no one else standing. Yes. Even our, if I am the last man standing, yes. Yes. I will stand my ground. Yes. Yes. And even if all people in the world were not here, was only me here, yeah, Jesus could have died for me, could have died 
Just for you. Just for you. Even just for Emmy. Can you believe that? Hey, anybody love Emmy? We love you, Emmy. Chanel too, we're not going to leave you out. We love you too. Jesus would have died for you and you and you and everybody. The you, it is me. Say everybody. The you, it is me. Jesus died for me. It's a very personal relationship with God, with Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So, 1 Peter 5, 9 says, When resisted fast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions experiencing in your brethren that are in the world. And 1 Peter 5, 10 says, But, this but, the gods of all grace who have called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that he have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And 2 Timothy 2.11 says, It is a faithful saying, for if we all are dead with him, we shall also live with him. If Second Timothy 2.12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If, he, if we deny him, he also do what? He will deny us. You can't deny Christ. In every opportunity when you're out. Sometimes, does anybody feel shy when people talking about Jesus. these religious people or these Christians and you are there and you can't say, oh, let me go away. It's not a place to have conversation. But that's the time. That's and you need to stand on the rock. I yes. say, count me in. Yes. Say it again. What did you say before? Before that. Say it again. Praise. Who is praise Sena? Praise Sena. Yeah. yeah. I want to say it loud. You know, don't be shy. Speak up. Say, bring the name of the of the Lord into the nations. Yes, Even if your neighborhood, you're only one standing. Yes. Wake up in the morning and make them double tremble. And say, Hallelujah! This is a day the Lord has made. I'm glad, I'm happy, I'm strong. Let's all that have breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If we believe not. Yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. Why you should deny him? If he cannot deny himself, that is God, Savior, and Lord, three in one, why will you deny him? Yes, not only do we need the healing power of God today, but God wants to release that power. Hallelujah. However, Healing isn't up to God alone. It isn't God who decides who gets healed and who doesn't. That's a radical statement, but it's true. And herein lies some of the most significant obstacles to receiving God's healing power. One of the worst 
doctrines in the body of Christ is the belief that God controls everything that happens. Fundamentalists, evangelical Christians believe that God either controls or allows everything and that Satan has to get his permission before doing anything. So, some believe that God sends Satan to try you, like a sheepdogs. Yeah, it's not true. Even Job, yeah, you're right. Job, God uh, did not allow Satan to do anything. But Satan went there and tried to challenge God. Say, you have all the power in your hands. Do what you want. God did not send the affliction to Job. But Satan wanted to try him. But he went there to God, pretending asking permission, but he did not get permission. He, you have the power. He already had the power. Because why he had the power, who knows? Because Adam and Eve did what? They gave him all the power they had from God to control and govern the earth and all the animals and everything on the earth. They gave it to Satan because they fell. So he took away all the power, all the dominion on this earth. That's why we had to have Jesus to come to do what? To take back the dominion and give it to us. But some, some of us, we don't understand that. We don't know that we have the authority and the power in the name of Jesus to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Now, we prayed for you last week, two weeks ago. You were sick, you had pain, you got healed. Why? I don't have magic powers. He has the power. He gave it to us, say, lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So we do the obeying. If you start thinking, oh, maybe it won't, maybe it won't work. So I lay hands or not to. You better be obedient and fail, and to be disobedient and fail. So, Rather be obedient and lay hands on the sick and trust God for the results because His promises is yes and amen. And He's not a liar. He never lies. So everything. There is no sickness. There is no any amount of disease that God cannot heal. He can heal even COVID-19. Amen. Can we do that? Yeah. He healed me from COVID. Amen. I'm healed. And it, I mean, he tried to, to give me something, but we kicked him out. Uh, God bless my wife, was so standing the gap there, and he fought with me, and... Oh, welcome! Welcome! So, God does not control everything that happens, okay? That's a convenient theology, because it absolves the individual of personal responsibility. That's also the reason for its popularity. I know this may shock some people, but it's true. That belief will kill you. God will doesn't automatic God's will doesn't automatically comes to pass. So we have to believe and cooperate with God to receive what He has provided for us, including our salvation. How do we receive salvation? By faith. Say again? By faith. By faith. By believing. By hearing. 
by here, that's the word. We receive the word, and faith is generated in our hearts, in our minds. Not from your mind needs to come to your heart. If it stays in your mind, you're not saved. We need to work on it. But we need to believe. We need to have faith to receive the gift of God. The same with healing. You need to believe in it. Actually, you don't need even anyone to lay hands on you. You can heal, you can pray and ask God to heal you, or you can heal yourself by standing on His promises. Second Peter 3 9 says, It isn't God's will for anyone to perish. The Lord is not slack concerning the promises, as some men counted slackness, but it's long suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any, any should do what? Perish. Not willing. Not willing to do that. Not, not willing to perish. Not but that all should come to repentance. What repentance means? Loud, loud, loud. Your mind. You've been in our classes. Good, good. Repentance is changing our mind. Change the way of thinking. That's what Nigel said. Yeah. Nigel? Oh. Yeah. Change your thinking. Congratulations. Sorry. Should... Sometimes a mask keeps us down, but it's good, good to wear the mask. So... Thank you, Lord. That is as plain as the scripture can make it. It is not God's will for anyone to perish, but they do. Jesus said more people will enter through the broad gate into destruction than enter through the narrow gate into life. That's in Matthew 7, 13, 14. God doesn't force salvation on people. Sometimes people some Christians forcing other people to get saved, but actually they don't get saved. If you are forced salvation on you, then you are not saved yet. But you get saved or you get heart change. If you receive with your heart and confess with your mouth, who knows the verse? Yeah? Romans 10, 9 and 10. Yes, I believe. Can you quote it, please, for me? Yes. And thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Wonderful, wonderful. So, heart. The mind is one thing, but if it stays in the mind, the word of God, if what I'm telling you now stays here, it doesn't go to your heart, it won't work. Okay. If you have pain in your knee, and you think about it, well, oh, I think of it to go away, but it doesn't go through your heart, right? And if you don't take it out, and study the promises, you will not see any results. We need to study the promises. Like the song says, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Who knows the song? Yes. So, 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 so,
But he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That was about 3,000 years ago, 3,500 years ago. I don't remember exactly. I was not there to Isaiah's day to his time, but that's what Isaiah got. And then in Matthew, also 8.17, brought exactly the same verses. So, and 1 Peter 2.24 says exactly the same thing, but in the past tense. That already happened, you already have it. On the cross, moral sickness, sacrarial pains, in order to remove from us, and by his stripes we were healed, we have been healed. In the Old Testament, healing is as a promise. In Christ, it's a done deal. So, in the Old Testament, healing was a promise, right? Today is a done deal in the cross and resurrection. So, Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 3 says, For what the law could not do, in what it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So, and Romans 8, 10, I think Rita already said it, but I say only the second part, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life, because of righteousness. And Romans 8, 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, lives in you, what spirit lives in you? Spirit of Christ. What about the Holy Spirit? Is not there? So the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is one spirit. They all together live in you. It says, Father, Son, Father, Son, sorry, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost lives in me. Say it. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost lives in me. He who have raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your sick body, your mortal body, through His Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 16 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it see him not, neither know him. But ye know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you. Where he dwells, the Holy Spirit? In you, and is with you, be with you. So he will never leave and forsake you. Sometimes we leave him inside and we forget about the Holy Spirit. Oh Christ. That is wrong. We need to always have communication with the Spirit that lives in us. It's a relationship. If you are married, you are not married, you had a boyfriend, or some Spanish here, 
rather is acceptable, not allowed, but acceptable. But if you have a boyfriend or husband or father, you have a relationship, right? You have a contact with him. The same, we need to have the same relationship with the Holy Spirit, with Christ in us, with God in us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that we're able to have that contact, that power, that we can receive and we can give and we can lay hands on the sick and the sin will cover. We can pray for people. We can ask him. He can tell us things. He can reveal everything to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Mark 16:15 to Mark 20 says, I said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be done. 16.17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So, in 16, 19, and 20 says, So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to heaven, and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them. See, he left, but he was still in them. Work with them. And confirming the world with signs that follow him. Amen? That's very important. So it is obedient if you share the gospel, if you miss somebody. That's actually a good opportunity to witness. If I, if I walk like this, you should come to me. Say, can I pray for you? You have pain. And you lay hands on me. And you pray the prayer of faith. In Jesus' name, be healed. Don't even have to pray. Say anything. He doesn't say hands. He doesn't say lay hands on the sick and the shall recover. He doesn't say pray, but we pray, and it's important to know that we pray in the name of Jesus. But sometimes we pray with people and in the name of Jesus. We lay hands on them and they start saying in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Every five seconds, you haven't finished the prayer. They tell twenty times the name of Jesus. When you pray for somebody that is sick, I say, please, you don't pray. I pray for you. Because if he has the faith, he will not be sick. So, but if you keep saying the name of Jesus all the time as a parrot, then it means that you don't believe that the person who prays for you actually has this power to, of Jesus to be healed. So we try to force faith when you that's not right. So, in the name of Jesus, I cast out devils. It doesn't say, repeat, repeat, repeat the name of Jesus. I mean, you can do it, but in your private life, in your private time, you pray in the garden, and you can. It's not forbidden, but make sure we do it right. We pray the right way of faith. We don't beg in God, you know. We tell to the devil what God has already done. We tell to the sickness what God has already done, what He already accomplished, instead of begging God, Oh, please, God, heal me. He says, Already done for you. God says, 
You're already healed. Just accept it and receive it and fight for it. Prayer of faith. James 5.13 to 5.16 and 17. He says, If any man among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any many, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if we have committed sin, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that he may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, Elias, he calls here, was a man subject to like passions. What that means, means a man like us, we, we, see, we do mistakes sometimes, we have to repent, we have to change our mind. And he prayed earnestly that he might not reign, and he reigned not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and what happened? And raped. So, so Elias was a man of like passions, like us, and he prayed, and things happened. So when you pray, things will happen. But he prayed earnestly. He prayed in faith. It says here in the beginning when I read, if any among you afflicted, if any among you is sick, see in the first days of Christianity, the first couple of hundred years, you could hardly find anyone sick. Because they all were walking in faith. But over the years, we change our doctrines and we start not reading the Bible right. And we said, oh, this has happened in the days of the apostles. Now miracles don't happen. I'm a miracle of God. I'm here because of miracle of God. I'm healed, I'm prosperous, God takes care of me, provides for me, he, I pray for the sick and by God's grace and the help is to get healed. So God is good and He's good for you and me. And the same thing I can do, you can do also. God is not favoring me above you. You can have the same favor. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope do not put us to shame, because God's laws have been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And six, Matthew 6, 12 says, And forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. I am free from forgiveness and strife. I forgive others as Christ has forgiven me. Jesus bore my sins, in his body of the tree. Therefore, I am dead to sin and alive to God, and by his stripes I am healed. I am healed, I am made whole. Likewise, Romans 6 11, recalling you also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The TPT translation, the partial translation says here, so let let it be the same way with you. Since you now join with him, you must continually view yourself as dead 
unresponsive to sin, appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. Justified by our words, words are powerful. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Matthew 12, 37. When Jesus said the words would be the deciding factor in whether you justified or condemned, he said it was not saying that our choice of our words will decide whether we go to heaven or hell. We know from scripture that heaven was earned only by Jesus' sinless life. And it's faith in his finished work that grants us heaven. Nobody will gain entrance into heaven by being good enough in word or deed. So we can conclude that Jesus is not talking about our eternal destiny when he says we will be justified or condemned by our words. So then, that is he referring to? What he's referring to? Considering this, when a building is condemned, it's deemed unfit to be used. It's not saved. It needs repair. So, before it once again be used for its intended purpose. This is similar to our lives, who among us have, has not condemned area in, of the lives by a spoken word. So if our word, if we are words condemning ourselves, oh, I have pain, I'm miserable, I'm poor, oh, I'm just uh, God never supplies from me, or why I'm always misery, like memory and complaining of the children of Israel in the desert. So, our, then our tongue will condemn us because we're cursing ourselves. So we need to speak positive. We need to see the blessing, to speak the word of God, what his, about his promises. Because all his promises, yes and amen, right? Like I can like to share a few here. Leave some of the confessions that you can use in your daily life, example, positive. Father, because your word, I am an overcomer. I overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. 1 John 4, 4, Revelation 12, 1, 12, 11. So this is important to use something like this every day, you know, like... Uh, like Heavenly Father is another word, uh, confession you can make. Heavenly Father, I attend to your word. I incline my ears to your saying. I would not let them, your word depart from my eyes. I keep them in the midst of my heart, for they are life and healing to my flesh. And that's from Proverbs 4, 20, 21, and 22. You can use this and make it a prayer, and you can use it for your daily use. So another one here is uses John 6:63 and Mark 11:23 says Heavenly Father through your word you have imparted your life to me that life restores my body with every breath I, I breathe and every word I speak so I breathe and every every word I speak so if you say it's the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. For verily I say unto you, 
that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, I shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, for shall we whatsoever he shall have whatsoever he said. So, see if we can use those verses, or the verses of the promise of God, and make them praise and confession. When you wake up in the morning, say, thank you God for I'm more than conquer. You go to your mirror, I can see this man in the mirror here, it's a saint. This girl in this mirror is a saint. She is healed, I am healed. I'm more prosperous. I'm more than overcomer. I can have all things. Of all the blessings of God, you can speak to yourself. Speak so you can hear it, so you can continue fight the good fight, using the word of God to fight. So, I have something I'd like to share with you. It's very, very important. Sometimes we fight with our minds, right? A lot of thoughts come in. Some of us who have done some bad things in our lives, and then we went to the internet, we did things that is not right, whatever we did. So the enemy keeps bringing it to our minds. So I have I heard something from Robert Morris that uh, somebody asked him something similar that has problem with uh, pornography and stuff like this and how to overcome it and to turn his thoughts into positive. He said every day for half an hour study the New Testament. Start from somewhere and continue finishing it. You know. Every day for one month. Said, I guarantee you for the second month you'll be over those thoughts. And you will think only the word of God. But not only read it like as a parrot. Read it and understand it. Study it for half an hour every day. If you do more, it's great. Some of us will do lots of more every day. But if you want to overcome your pastures and your witnesses, you have to study the Word. You have to stand on the Word. And the Word will renew your mind and will wash you through the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. So I will read some parts here from the Divine Healing. Availability is this involves a mentality of being aware of others and the needs. So we need to be available. For, to help other people. We need to be available. Involve mentality of being aware of others and the needs. If we are only focused on ourselves and our needs, we will never be useful in ministering to others. Wherever we go, we must have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that is sensitive to those who have need of the healing touch of God. Not only sickness, could be any other healing. In the spiritual, there is needs, there is hunger, there's all kind of stuff, healing. We must make a conscious daily choice to be available for ministry to others. Look around, listen, and be sensitive. If you are available, God will show you what He sees. So, you understand that? If you make yourself available, God will show you what he sees and what he wants you to do. But if you're not available, you're never going to see these things, these wonderful things that God wants to see, show you. 
So God will show you what he sees and what he wants you to do through you. Boldness is a requirement because it's an attitude of faith. Boldness is a requirement because it is an attitude of faith. We have confidence in God and his goodness towards people. We have a broad smile, a note of boldness in our, in, our, in our voice, and a confident step. Boldness is a feeling, but it is initiated by a conscious choice to act boldly. So it's a conscious choice to fall asleep now. No? To what? To act boldly. Well, I think I'm getting a bit too long and I think I'm putting some people to sleep. Okay, I think I have to go a little bit further. Now, okay. In Exodus 23, 25, 26 says, Lord, you have blessed my food and water and have taken sickness away from me. Therefore, I will fulfill the number of my days in health. So that's important. That's very, very important. And in Psalms 103 to 5 says, You have forgiven all my iniquities. You have healed all my diseases. You have redeemed my life from destruction. What he has done? Redeem your life from? Destruction. Wow. You have satisfied my mouth with? Good things. So my youth is renewed like the eagles every day. Psalms 103, 2 to 5. Just remember that. It's important. Understanding the principle. I'm going to finish soon. Now that you have done, we went through different scriptures. Let's look at the principle that could be the key to you being a partaker of God's provision concerning your healing, your provision, your blessings. That is probably no other subject as important to your healing and health and all the blessings. Call things that are not. We see in Romans 4, 17, 22, that Abraham became fully persuaded that God will do what he has promised. The way he became fully persuaded was by calling what? Things. Those things that are not manifested as those things they were. So, how can we do it at this? Can I give us an example? Because I think you're awake because you're asking a lot there. Okay, instead of, instead of speaking what we have, we speak the promise of God. So if we don't say, I am sick, we say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. So we call that into manifestation. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, there's a scripture in Hebrews, of course, it's the, the pinnacle of faith scripture, and it talks about the substance. Yes, the substance is an imagery. Yes. Um, if we can use our imaginations more than actually what we do, yes. I think we will be able to project uh, things that are not as though they are. Yes. In other words, what you are wanting right now, even though you don't see it, you see it in your imagery, in your imagination, okay. and you call it to yourself, and yes. you call it into being, in yes, Jesus' right. name. Very good. Thank you for participating. I like that. I like people to participate. Yes. 
That's very good. So that proves that you're awake. <laughs> I may put you to sleep so good. Okay. Okay, thank you. You pick up this verse. As it's written, I have met thee a father of many nations. Before him he believed, even God could quicken the dead and call us the things which are not as though they were. That's Romans 4 17. Romans 12 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Can you explain reasonable, Rita, to me? It's not in asking English? too much. It's not asking too much. Yeah, no, ask too much. So, okay. Just, you can do it. We all can do it. Say, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Present my body as a living sacrifice. So, Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and we a perfect will of God. So, okay, let's do it as a prayer. God, let us not be conformed to this world, God, but let, let us not yes, all together. God, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That He may prove what is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will for me. No, God, good. You are awake. Hallelujah. You guys are shining. I kind of do. To make me. We are very, very, very good. I thank you so much. I have to skip some things, but uh, but we can do it another time. The Word of God is alive and powerful. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.